Hi, this is Abigail Jacobs, and welcome back to episode 10 of my podcast, Adventures with Abigail. I never in my life would think that I would be saying that. Welcome to episode 10 of my podcast. We are in double digits now, guys. That is so exciting. So today, I'm going to be talking about music. So yeah, we'll see where this discussion goes. I don't really have any plans for it. (laughs) So as some of you might know, if you know me, you probably know that music is one of my passions or hobbies, I guess. I try not to be a, a huge stickler about music because I don't really like those people that like They just talk about how good they are at every single instrument all the time. But I do really, really love music, and I can play four instruments. I'm not amazing at any of them, but I can play guitar, ukulele, violin, and piano. And I sing on my own time whenever I'm not around anyone because I don't want to give them a hearing loss problem. (laughs) Um, But if you know me at all, you probably know that I'm pretty passionate about music. I really, um, I just love music and I think that music is more than just sound waves. I think that music is a form of art and if you know me, you know that I'm passionate about art. So um, yeah, I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit and I recorded a few segments of me playing the piano so that we can discuss them and talk about different Yeah, different kinds of music and stuff, I guess. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) I guess I'll talk about piano first. I have been playing piano since I was, uh, I don't know, maybe since I was like six or seven? I I don't remember a time where I didn't know how to play, play piano. We'll put it that way. I have been taking lessons on and off for almost my whole entire life, and I've taken many different kinds of lessons. I've taken, um, like, more classical lessons. I've taken um, play by playing by ear lessons, and I've taken a mix. Um, I've been taught a little bit of music theory and a little bit of just, like, um, like jazz, and I've been taught a little bit of um, going off the flow and playing in a worship setting. I have been taught like any of the kinds of music that you can think of. Um, and I think my most favorite way of playing the piano is probably classical. I, um, yeah, I really love playing classical music. There's just something so, I don't know, something so beautiful and poetic about it to me. And I um, actually write my own classical songs. And I don't <laughs> like to talk about that very often because then people want to hear them. And that's scary. But yeah, I write my own classical piano songs. And um, hopefully... I would like to get to a place where I can write my own, um, like, worship songs and stuff. But, yeah, we'll see where it goes. 
And I think for me also, even though playing classical music is not the same as playing chords and singing a worship song, for me, playing classical music is kind of like a form of worship because God gave me this talent and then I can, yeah, I can like, um, what's the word? Like I can just worship him with it. And it's one of my most favorite ways to relax at the end of a long day or just like hang out and talk to God while I play piano. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm not very good. I know many people who are much better than me. I would like to get better. And I try to teach myself new songs and new, um, like new patterns and new, um, like ways to play the piano. And I also, um, I have, I have taught myself the ukulele and the guitar. Um, and so a lot of times I'm watching YouTube videos trying to like teach myself how to do these things because I currently don't have a music teacher, which is sad. The best music teacher that I've ever had my whole entire life was Mr. Latina. Mr. Latina was amazing because I, I play by ear. I'm not, um, like I'm not proficient at reading music. I know how to but it just doesn't click for me as easily as playing by ear. Um, like I was taught how to play, how to read music, so I can, but it's not enjoyable for me at all. I hate reading music. Um, and Mr. Latina knew that about me, and so he didn't force me to read music. He would just let me play by ear, and it was amazing. Ugh, Mr. Latina, if you ever listen to this podcast, I miss you. You were the best music teacher I've ever had, and you taught me so much. Yeah, he was amazing. He taught me piano, and he offered to give me voice lessons, but I was too ashamed and disgraced, and I did not want him to hear my voice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I think, for me personally at least, music is a great way to kind of, like, um, express my emotions so whenever I'm feeling sad, I'll just, like, write a little sad song. Or whenever I'm feeling happy, I'll just, like, write a happy song. And then I just kind of, you know, like, just, like, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. If you play piano and you listen to this podcast um, and you want to be able to write music, I want to give you some tips. I guess, um, in you, if you, if you pick a key that you like, so I personally really like playing in the key of D, D minor, and I also like the key of F sharp minor, um, and so you pick a key, just do that scale for that key, so if you pick the C, the C, the C key, well, I could not get that out, if you pick the C, <laughs> if you pick the key of C for writing a song, do that scale. It's really simple. It's just literally all the white keys. And then stay in that key for the whole entire song. Don't try and change it up and go to the black keys if you're in the, the key of C. Stay on the white keys. And if you um, have like any idea at all how to play the piano, it will sound much better if you try to switch up the keys. Um... Also, if you 
want to play a song and have it sound a little bit more like moody or like background music for a coffee shop or like indie girl in the car being depressed while it's raining, um, pick a minor key. Minor keys sound more moody. Um, major keys are more happy and light and all that. So, uh, yeah, this is getting too technical and not as fun as I wanted it to be. So now we're going to <laughs> listen to a song that I wrote, and then I'll talk about it. for me whenever I'm writing something um there's a little bit of science behind it honestly a lot of songs are set up in a specific order that makes them sound like an actual song so there will be an intro and there will be an outro and then for the body of the song there will be um kind of like a like a mountain and valley you know, there will be valleys and there will be mountains and rises and swells in the song. And then there'll be sections where the song gets really soft and gentle. And then all of a sudden, when you're not expecting it, there'll be a big crash. And then the song will almost like restart. And um, I think it's important to give your song. Sorry, I'm drinking, um, drinking some tea and the um, spoon keeps clattering. Um Whenever you're writing a song, it's important to have those different um, 
almost like different fluctuations. Like when you're talking to someone, you don't talk to them in a monotone voice because then it just sounds boring. But if you talk to them with all these different swells and rises in your voice, that makes it more interesting to listen to. And if you add different pitches and different volumes, it's just interesting to listen to and it sounds better. So... Um, yeah. Also, lots of times songs have sections that repeat each other. And it's almost like, um, it's almost like a callback. Like, hey, we did that two minutes ago. Do you remember that? We're going to do that again because we liked how it sounded. So a lot of times when you're doing a song, um, when you're writing a song, you want to repeat certain things that you like. Don't repeat them like super often. I've done that before and it doesn't sound good, but repeat them every so often um, and remind people like, oh, hey, I just did that and you liked it. So I'm going to do it again. Um, And for me, I like to put emotion into my songs. Um, A lot of my songs that I write actually have like deep meaning to me because I wrote them when I was feeling a specific emotion and I wrote them for a specific person or about a specific memory or, you know, like they're, I'm attached to the songs that I write. And if you don't write your songs with some sort of driving passion, they just, they just won't have that same sort of feel, you know, um, people can write these like empty songs all day but it's the ones that people we at least me I really like the more um emotional I don't know if emotional is the right word okay like Demi Lovato for instance when I listen to her songs she tells you a story and it's so good like um Demi Lovato she always is so vulnerable in her music at least these days. And I think that's one of the reasons that people like her is because she's real and her music has like an actual emotional connection when you listen to it. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I listen to Demi's music, I just want to like give her a hug. I just want to find her somewhere and just wrap her up in a blanket and give her some hot cocoa or something, you know? Those are the kind of songs that people like, the kinds of songs that make you feel something, the kinds of songs that they they do something to you because that's art and that's that's what art is. And um, I know some of you art critics out there might not think that music is art, but it so is because the purpose of art is to make you feel something and move you and give you some sort of emotion. And that's the same way with music. The purpose of music is to make you feel something, to move you in a certain way and to like to do something to you. Um, So when you are writing music, don't write it idly. It won't turn out as good (laughs) and it won't mean anything to you. It will just be like, I'm just writing this because I want to say that I've written something you know, and I mean, I've done that before, and the songs that I wrote just to write, I don't remember them, but the ones that I write with um, a passion behind them, I remember them, and they're actually some of my favorite songs to play, because every time that I play them, I'm reminded of that, of that feeling, you know, Um, so yeah, (laughs) I think that Music is very, very powerful. And even if you're not a music person, 
I think music just does something to us that no other art form does. You know, it's kind of like, it's almost like dancing in a way. Watching someone dance does something to you that no other art form does to you. It just, it gives, it moves you, you know? And um, I think one of the reasons that music has such a powerful, um, powerful force over humans is because um, music is one of God's most favorite things. You know, he created music and his right hand man was the angel of music, of worship. And of course, like that's Satan now and he's gone. So he's not really God's right hand man anymore. But like God loves music. And I think that's one of the reasons that humans love music is because we were created in God's image. And there's a part of us in us that we were given the same kind of love for music. And um, like I said earlier, that playing classical music is a form of um, worship for me. It doesn't have to be only worship music that worships God. And sometimes other kinds of music don't worship God. They worship somebody else. You know, like when rappers or I guess that's being stereotypical when famous people write songs about sex love drugs money they're not worshiping God they're worshiping whatever they're singing about you know they're worshiping their sex they're worshiping their drugs they're worshiping their money and um, I talked about this in an earlier podcast I think maybe episode six um, about how I'm careful about what kinds of music I will listen to because when I sing those words I am worshiping the same person that the same thing that that person is worshiping when they write that song and I don't want to be worshiping drugs I don't want to be worshiping somebody else's like hot girlfriend you know Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that we need to be careful about music because It was, I mean, like everything, in the beginning, everything was created with pure intent. Everything was created for good and purity and not evil. And that goes for music as well. Music was created to worship God and to be beautiful and just something to to revere and to use to show God our love for him. But Satan, being the angel of music has twisted it so much. And now we have all these horrible songs. I mean, I know some of us, and I mean, okay, I'm not exempt from this. I have listened to many songs that I should not have and have gone a little bit um, deaf to them, I guess, you know. Um, But if you go and look at the lyrics of some of these songs, I, like... It's appalling, you know, and now I've kind of trained my ears to listen to the words of a song when I'm singing it before I actually sing it. Um, And if we actually pay attention to what we're singing, I think some of you guys would be shocked by what you're saying and what you're worshiping when you sing those songs. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) but... That's also one of the reasons that I'm so glad that a lot of these pop stars are kind of slowly becoming Christians. You know, we have Justin Bieber and Kanye and all them. And 
I know that J. Cole says he's a Christian. I haven't quite seen that in his music yet, but maybe maybe things will begin to change. Um, and that's really exciting because if these huge people start stepping out and singing about good things and praising the Lord and their music, then all these other people, all these other girls, all these other kids, people who listen to their music are going to sing along with it. And even if they don't realize what they're singing, like a lot of us don't realize what we're singing when we sing it, they're worshiping the Lord instead of worshiping these horrible things that these people are singing about. Um, so yeah, that's my um, tidbit on music. <laughs> Now we're going to listen to an excerpt that I played from Braveheart, the movie Braveheart. It's called For the Love of a Princess. It's that song whenever he, um, brave. what's the Braveheart dude? William, William Wallace. Uh, <laughs> whenever William Wallace is with that princess lady and then it's all like, choo, 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 and then, yeah. So that was For the Love of a Princess from Braveheart. And if you know anything about music, you can probably tell that I really butchered that <laughs> and fetched and slurred my way through the whole entire thing. Um, but yeah, I really like that song because I really like the movie Braveheart. And that song is also one of my dad's favorite songs. So yeah. Um, don't know what else I have to say about that song. There that was. If any of you guys are in St. Louis, and I'm only going to be in St. Louis for a few more weeks, and you want to have, like, a jam sesh, that'd be cool. Let's do it. Come over to my house with all of your instruments, and I have all of my instruments, and then we can, like, jam. That would be fun. Yeah. So I'm back, I'm back in St. Louis for, like, three more weeks. Come in, say hello, and... We can have a fun party. <laughs> um, so next, I have a recording of Claire de Lune. It's a super short recording because I have yet to teach myself the entire song. Um, but Claire de Lune is probably my most favorite classical classical song. It's by Debussy. And um, I think it's absolutely beautiful. It is 
probably about, if I had to guess, I actually don't know what era Debussy is from, but I'm going to guess it's like a thousand years old. I don't know, maybe 500 years old. Actually, let's look it up. Okay, let's see. Oh, I was way off. Yeah, I was really off. <laughs> okay, Claude Debussy was born in August 22nd, 1862, and he died in 1918. He lived through World War One. What? Dang, I was so off. He didn't even die that long ago. This song is probably only like 100 years old. Dang. I can't believe he lived through World War One. Wow. Okay, so you learn something new every day. I was very wrong. But I still love that song with everything in my soul. It's, well, I don't, I don't know if Canon and D wins. No, I think Claire de Lune wins. And then Canon and D is second. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Okay, so this was episode 10 of Adventures with Abigail. I am your host, Abigail Jacobs, and I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> I kind of feel like Effie Trinket right now. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that and that my terrible playing didn't like break any of your guys' eardrums. I just really wanted to talk about music because I've been in a very music-y mood lately. Um, please, if you want a jam sesh, just tell me and we can make it happen. I am in the mood for a good jam. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed and whatever you're doing, whatever time it is right now, I hope that you have a good rest of your day or a good rest of your evening. And yeah, bye!